Welcome to the Dildork, Storky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex blogger, a sex journalist, and I just finished writing a big piece for Glamour about how I kept a sex spreadsheet for a year and learned a lot of things, including how weird people think it is when you keep a sex spreadsheet. <laughs> Who are you, friend? I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a sex blogger. I considered keeping a sex spreadsheet because that's actually on brand for me but didn't have sex often <laughs> enough to keep it up so <laughs> didn't seem worth yeah, it yeah i feel that it's funny how like at different times in my life depending on what's going on with me looking at my sex spreadsheet can be either like really depressing or really uplifting and then the same thing is true for my income spreadsheet so like there are times when like, I'm so stoked on either my sex life or my career that I just want to stare at those things. And then other times where I'm like, I don't want to look at them. I can't think about it right now. <laughs> well, like the thing with a sex spreadsheet is you got to get into like the habit or the routine of like remembering specific the right details and then like inputting mm-hmm. it recently enough, mm-hmm. like right afterwards mm-hmm. or whatever. So and that's easy to do, like when you have stuff to input. But I was like. It would be like three months in between having sex, and I'd be like, oh, shit, there was a sp- fuck. Well, it's gone now. <laughs> and then I, that's how I kind of got away from it. I was like, well, it's been months. I I didn't. Whoops. <laughs> and then I would go back to it, and I'm like, oh, I've forgotten all of the details I would have written down already, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first year that I was keeping a spreadsheet, I didn't decide to do it until like a couple months in and I had to go back through my journal entries and kind of piece together enough info from what I had been writing about them. And there were there were certain times where it would be like, did I come? And there would just be like a bunch of question marks because like, did not yeah, write uh, down that detail I, I for whatever I have no reason. idea. Yeah, I did not record that information. <laughs> so like probably not if I didn't record that information, but like who could I say? I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> So this episode is our year in review. I don't have a punny name for this. I need to think about that. You'll come uh, up with something. I mean, there's like a year in We Blue, but I don't know. No, don't do <laughs> That's that. That's kind of blowjob centric. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, okay, so tell me, Bex, tell me what kind of year you had sexually. What was what was kind of the overarching theme of your 2017 sex life? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't have much sex in 2017, so it was very much like the sex I had was kind of clustered together, where like, mm-hmm. so... I would see my partner and we'd have sex like three times a day for the, you know, three days I was there and then nothing for a while. And then like I went to camp and I had sex there and then nothing for a while. So it was very sporadic, which like is my sex life in general. So I guess this isn't Mm -hmm. super new, but yeah, I don't, (laughs) what about you? What was your sex life look like? Well, I wanted to like, I think it's an interesting thing to talk about, like, how much sex do you think you would ideally be having? Because, like, I, this year I have my, like, sex spreadsheet and then also my orgasm spreadsheet, which is, like, all my orgasms, not just my ones with partners. And I started thinking about, like, 
is the amount of orgasms I have by myself indicative of like how much sex I would like to be having? Oh, certainly if not. That was something I could. Yeah, I don't think it At is least quite because I think I would still. Yeah, but it do, it it brings up the interesting question of like if I'm having sex about like maybe ten percent of how many orgasms I'm having, like does that mean I need to like adjust like i feel like the only way that i could work around this is to have like so many partners which like fortunately i'm polyamorous but like even now like i'm kind of entangled with like four different people and my amount of sex i'm having is still not even approaching the amount of sex i would like to be having so it's like where do you draw the line yeah i mean the way i kind of think about it too is like so i'm I've never in my life had the amount of sex that I want to be having. So I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. Um, But right. But like thinking about, so the majority of my sex life with my partner, because we're long distance is through sexting and stuff. And part of our kink dynamic is I ask permission before I get off. And I talked about this a little bit on Twitter, but like part of what I love about that so much is that it's almost like, an offering for him to be involved in my sexuality whenever I engage with it. Um, and it's just mm-hmm. as a kink thing that's really hot to me. Um, mm-hmm. And as like him having ownership over my sexuality, even if I'm engaging with it alone, um, and ownership over my orgasms, and even just having to like consider him. Like I'm in a place where I'm like, oh, do I plan on jerking off later? well, I'm going to be getting home from work late and he's probably going to go to bed because he has work early in the morning or he's going to get up for the gym or whatever. Like, I have to think about these things and Mm -hmm. text him in advance or text him before he goes, you know, before he starts a shift at work or, like, whatever it is. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's really hot to me. But at the same time, uh, there are times when I will text him and be like, And sometimes he'll give me a rule and be like, oh, you have to jerk off this way or, oh, you have to, um, you know, or, oh, I want to watch or whatever. And like, sometimes I'm texting him and really hoping he'll be like, yeah, you know, I want to be involved. And then, and those are the times where it's like, oh, I'm jerking off. But if I could be having sex, I would be having sex right now. But there are other times where I ask permission and I'm like, I just want you to leave me alone and let me jerk off though. Like... (laughs) ideal scenario here is i do whatever the fuck i want and have a million orgasms alone in my bed and then eat ice cream like that is what i want right now (laughs) and it's Mm -hmm. not like that sounds kind of gross in that like if he was were to give me a command i would i would feel icky about it and that's not the case like i would be i would do that and the power exchange is what's hot to me you know and being told to do Mm -hmm. things even if that's not specifically what i was in the mood for is hot to me because it's a kind of service, you know? Um, Right. And a kind of, like, I don't have the power to make that decision. Um, But that specifically has made it really clear to me that, like, no, masturbation isn't just a stand-in for sex. Like, sometimes it is, and sometimes it's like, no, I just want to do this all alone in my big fluffy Mm -hmm. blankets. (laughs) (laughs) I jerk off daily or even sometimes like twice a day and I would not have sex daily. Mm -hmm. I would have sex probably like my guesstimate would be like three, four times a week, especially if I don't live with the Mm -hmm. person. Like if I live with the person, it would be more, but if I don't live with the person, like sex more than that would involve dates more than that, which is like a lot. (laughs) 
True. Yeah, it's so much about the convenience factor. And I'm yeah. I'm really interested in what you're saying about your sir because like I'm I'm starting to get into a long distance DS dynamic too. We're so matchy. Mm-hmm. I love it. I know. <laughs> um, but you have like so much more experience with with this than me, and I'm coming up against things that I didn't even consider uh, that would happen to me. Like uh, we have a thing where like I have to ask permission if I'm gonna jerk off, if I'm gonna be thinking about him, and I'm allowed to if I'm thinking about someone else or fucking someone else but if i'm thinking about him i need to ask him and Mm -hmm. it's bringing up all this shit for me that's like anxiety about like bothering him or like am i gonna be bugging him while he's busy is he gonna be annoyed with me if i text him you know for the second time today to ask if i can jerk off thinking about oh yeah that's definitely a thing yeah i get that forcing me to confront stuff in a good way um yeah or sometimes it's awkward where, like, I feel like I've been, like, bothering him too much when he's busy, but, like, these are my rules and I have to, so I'll just be right. like, sorry, sir, can I just jerk off for a minute? Okay, I'm just gonna go, okay, it's fine, bye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if you could it's mumble so via like... text, I would. Like, I would be like, just, no, I'm yeah. not to interrupt or anything, just, like, when you get a free moment, like, I would like to touch my dick. If that's, if, just, if it's allowed, just let me know, like, that's all... <laughs> right exactly and it's nice because like the 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 ds dynamic itself like kind of helps with the anxiety because it's like i i can't talk myself out of asking that question because i have to like i've been told that i have to and that's that's the rules and like so last night i was like i don't want to bug you but also i feel like you'd rather i ask you if i'm gonna do this so it's like yeah it's nice it forces me out of my i'm out of my anxiety spell it's good yeah anyway year in review wow we got we got on a long distance ds tangent which should be its own episode at one point because god there's so much there so much to talk yeah and it's just Um, gonna keep coming up during my year in review because it's the majority of my sex but yeah which fair yeah yeah um I had a good year sexually. I think that probably like the main thing of importance that happened to me was I had this relationship in the middle of the year for four months with like my first daddy dom and like definitely one of the more like dominant and sadistic people I've ever had sex with. So I kind of was able to like go deeper into a lot of kinks that I've had for a long time, but have not always necessarily explored to their full potential. Um, and it's always interesting when you get a chance to do something like that, because either you're going to find out, oh, I'm actually not that into that thing. I'm not as reliant on it as I thought I might be. Or you're going to find out, oh, I aggressively need this thing. <laughs> like, I don't think I can be happy dating vanilla people anymore, which is definitely what happened to me. Um, I feel like I just get pervier and kinkier by the year, and I just keep sort of picking up other people's kinks as I roll past them like a snowball, and uh, it's... Katamari. I definitely got a lot kinkier this year. Right, exactly. Like a Katamari, which is a reference (laughs) other people will get, and I don't know if I have explained it to you before. Okay, great. You have. I vaguely know what that means. (laughs) But it's been a good year for, like, figuring out kink shit for me, because, like, for so long, I've kind of thought of myself as, like, too kinky for vanilla people and too vanilla for kinky folks, in the sense that, like, there were a lot of kinks that I considered fairly standard that a lot of people I would have sex with wanted to do like face fucking and choking and face slapping and a bunch of things that like really scared me and like 
didn't do anything for me. And then I kind of met this person who I felt so submissive and servicey to that I wanted to do all those things for him. And then we started doing them and I was like, oh shit, I actually like this stuff. And God, I'm a perv. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my kinks changed a little bit when I started tea uh, in May end of may beginning of june yeah mm-hmm. end of Ju- end of may beginning of june this year um which was interesting because they definitely moved more into the realm of like filth like i was never into like the classy <laughs> high-end kink which is not a thing i really knew existed uh until i started meeting people that w- i legit had someone once when i was in sex toy retail say like well, like, what's even the point if you're not being luxurious about it? And I was like, I don't, I don't know what, last night I was fantasizing about jerking off, about, like, fucking someone in a dirty gym locker room, so I don't really know what you're talking about, but I understand that that's how you do kink, I guess. Um, but yeah, I was never in, like, the, like, fancy, like, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey Red Room kind of kink, where, like, it's all Mm. luxurious and gorgeous. I was, like, I was always into more, like, functional leather kind of stuff, but now I'm getting into, since starting tea, I've been getting into stuff that's, like, dirty because it's dirty, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, being into things because they're gross. Um... And, mm-hmm. like, the taboo and everything, which is not a way my kinks manifested in the past. So that's, re- that's really interesting to mm-hmm. me. I also feel like knowing you has made me so much kinkier this past year. Because, like, it's interesting how, <laughs> like, I had, I had formerly kind of viewed kinks as something that is, like, they're inherent to who you are. And if you have a kink, you will sort of just organically think about it or or discover it or it'll just sort of pop into your head which is in my experience really not how that has worked like there are a few things that sort of organically just showed up in my fantasies without a whole lot of outside influence but for the most part I, I gather new kinks from sort of like hearing about other people talk about them whether it's partners or friends or people on the internet who I follow and hearing them describe like why is this thing hot to you and then I start sort of fitting it into the context of things I already find hot and like seeing how it fits into certain fantasies and you know in many cases like adding service to it or adding ds to it or whatever and and that sort of makes it hot within the context of what i already find hot and like there's so many things that you've been telling me about that i'm just like oh i could see how that could be good like uh you were talking to me a lot this year about boot blocking and i was like shit (laughs) i have some feelings about that (laughs) yeah it's very good also i was talking also just licking leather boots like i was talking about it today it just i was talking about it actually like an hour ago um it just makes me feel all like subby and like i don't know it's a way to get me really subby really fast mm-hmm. yeah yeah i found that this year with with face slapping um which I wasn't expecting. It's sort of my like subspace off on switch in the right context. And it's like, it's so cool to have discovered that. It's very useful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. 
Tell me about other kinks that you got into this year or anything like kind of new that you learned about your sexuality this year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I've felt change is like, like I was talking about before being into, um, stuff that I would have considered and not in a shamey way, but stuff that I would have considered gross and still do. And now that's what's hot. Um, yeah. So like, it just that kind of like filth and like grime kind of kink was not my thing before, uh, and since starting tea, it is more now. Things like sweat and body smell and piss and like in like dirty public locations and like that kind of sex. Um, was never mm-hmm. something I fantasized about as much before. Um, and just, like, my submission has changed a little bit, too, which is interesting because it's moving to a place in things that I used to find annoying in cis male submissives in the way that it feels like they some- they sometimes are aggressively submissive, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not topping from the bottom, but just, like, the kind of dudes who will message you before they've even spoken to you and be like, hello, mistress. And you're like, "Mm, I don't Nope. I don't know that we negotiated that. that." Yeah. Or like, you know, (laughs) you just, you are so much better than me. I just live to serve you like that kind of stuff. I've found crossing my Mm -hmm. mind in that, like really (laughs) reverence of the top and like, you know, I'm just the dirt at your feet. I'm just, like that kind of thing. I just deserve to be kneeling and serving you at all times, whatever you need. Like, I've found myself in that kind of space, which is a weird place to mm-hmm. be. Um, and I yeah. like have found myself saying things that I'm like, oh, that's just a cliche now. Co- oh, come on. I'm like, and like my sex brain is like, shut up, it's hot. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, well, I guess we do this now. Um, so that's been really interesting too. Uh, and I think like a lot of that is the tea and a lot of it is also stuff that I've associated with like gay male culture, especially like the sweat and the body smells and the jock straps and the gym, like gym sex and like that kind of stuff. So I don't know how Mm -hmm. much of that is tea and how much of that is just identifying from a more mask place than I used to. So that's really interesting to me too. As for stuff I, like, tried, I did water sports and fisting and more group sex than usual. And I learned (laughs) the name for the kind of masochism I like is, uh, not so much, like, I always liked spanking. Like, I like, I enjoy masochism and I enjoy taking pain. And my brain was like, right, so that's spanking. So that's what you do. I was like, alright, I mean, spanking's Mm -hmm. great, cool. Um... But I found that I enjoy rough body play a lot more because it's got like the grappling Mm -hmm. and the grabbing and the punching and the like just general roughness and that kind of pain. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I enjoy that a lot more. It feels a lot more visceral, whereas a spanking feels more clinical, like more distant. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm over someone's knee, I'm kind of far from from them um, as opposed to someone Mm -hmm. like holding me down and punching me and like my ass is not where i like impact (laughs) like it's fine oh interesting sure 
Yeah, like it was always the lowest on the list of places I like to get hit. Chest, Mm -hmm. upper back, face, legs, all better (laughs) than my ass. Like, my ass is just, I'm kind of indifferent to it. I'm like, fine, you can hit it if you want, I guess. (laughs) But like, it it was never... that, That is quite a shift for you. Yeah, I mean, I, like just based on you had your two spanking birthday parties, I feel like it's surprising for me. I to probably you say still that. will. I probably still will do okay. them because I enjoy the masochism and I enjoy the ordeal, um, and like mm-hmm. going through something and like almost the way it's like ritualistic with the birthday party. Yeah, like it's a tradition yeah. and it's a thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, my like. I just didn't have the language to ask for stuff other than that. I was like, I want you to hurt me. And kinksters were like spanking. And I was like, right. Okay, sure. (laughs) I just want you to hurt me. (laughs) Like that seems reasonable. I actually, I, I I was going to say that too, actually is like that my, my uh, capacity for taking pain has like increased and also branched out a lot this year. Cause like I still would consider spanking one of my foremost kinks. Cause like psychologically I eroticize it a lot for a lot of like, little girl reasons and ds reasons and whatever but i uh I this year had a few partners who were really into biting which is not something i had super been into before and i started to really get into it to the point that like now i'll typically ask someone to bite me if they're not doing it i'll be like yo you should uh you should maybe bite me uh a whole bunch yeah i like and, that a lot um, uh, yeah also really into having my tits slapped which is fantastic um scratching is good i did some knife stuff earlier this month which uh was perhaps not as scary as it might sound to people who don't know a lot about knife play i guess because it was really just like knives being sort of like lightly dragged along my skin so that they weren't cutting me but they were leaving sort of like raised red marks um and it was super interesting and a really cool sensation and brought out a lot of subby feels for me and, uh, yeah, I really like. Yeah, the I've way had like nice a lot of boob feels. bruises recently. Oh my god! Yeah, I think I I just want more pain. I just want to learn more ways that my body can take pain. And I think also the other thing is that this year I've learned a lot more about what type of spanking specifically I enjoy because it's again like a lot of people hear spanking and they have a very particular image and they think that they don't need to ask for more details about that but if you get talking to like serious impact play kinksters they will understand that there is a broad range of different types of spanking you can receive like in terms of warm-up no warm-up like random or rhythmic um build up no build up you know thuddy stingy so i've definitely happened upon more language and better descriptions for what kind of spanking i like which is great because it's so good to be able to ask for what you want it's like fucking having the menu at the restaurant it's oh it's wonderful yeah it's really good and like yeah i that was the other thing about spanking that like so often it's with stingy stuff or like Mm -hmm. stuff that's somewhere in between stingy and thuddy which like again i was like all right sure like fine we can do that. Um, yeah. But I much prefer the stuff that I've explored a lot more this year, um, especially with, like, punching and stuff and that really, really deep thuddy. Yes. And also the ways punching. you can put someone in pain um, that don't even necessarily involve impact, like the creative things you can do. Mm-hmm. Like, I did a rough body scene with rope earlier this year when I was at camp, and there was just so much more... S- sensation involved rather than just 
open-handed spanking or hitting with a paddle or a cane or whatever. Like, there are so Mm -hmm. many different ways bodies can come together. And even, like, with wrestling stuff, I've had people, um, stuff I've done in wrestling where, I don't know, it's just the visceral feeling of having someone so much closer, and you can feel the power, or at least I can feel the power, um, exchange and dynamic a lot more. Like, I can push back against it a lot more and feel the power Mm -hmm. kind of overtake me in a way that I can't with spanking. With spanking, it's more like you endure this and you get into this meditative place and you get through this, which also really fun for me, and I do occasionally. Um, Mm -hmm. And the stuff I like about spanking is that is the exhibitionist stuff, which is the stuff I like about birthday bruises. It's like, but my butt's up in the air for the whole world. Like, hello! Um, and that's really fun. Like, that's, I like spanking in, like, public stuff, and I like the way someone can, like, worship my ass while they spank it and get really excited about it, even in a toppy way. Uh, But... You're saying a lot of things that are giving me a lot of feelings, friend. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But with rough, I don't know. There's so much there. Yeah. The rough body stuff (laughs) is just more, like, I don't know, visceral and in the moment, and I I feel a lot of ways about it. Yeah. I love butt punching and one of the like I remember last year I had that boyfriend who was like maybe kind of asexual or something um and who like responded with derision to many of my sexual suggestions which like we were not a good match but I remember I uh, I asked him if he would like punch my ass and he thought this was so funny like he was just like laughing his head off at like the idea of punching my ass but one thing I All really right, like dude. about that is that if you're in a if you're in a situation where you can't make a lot of noise, um, punching is a lot quieter than slapping. So like I had a couple situations this year where, like maybe somebody had their roommates home or maybe there was someone right in the next room or whatever, and and they were like, God, I wish I could be louder right now. And I'd be like, Hey, you know what's really quiet is if you punch my ass really hard with your fist. Oh, so good. Yep, <laughs> very good. Okay, so can we talk about locations for a second? <laughs> Sure. I think yours is going to be much more interesting than mine. Yeah, so I have a locations tab in my spreadsheet because uh, I think last year actually had like more interesting and exciting locations. And this year I'm looking at it and it's really just a bunch of like dudes' apartments for the most part. Um, but I had sex at a couple different hotels, including one in Long Island City. Um uh, an Airbnb. God, that was some of the best sex of the year. I don't know why I always have such good sex in Airbnbs. There's something about that that just looks like very good. Uh, and then probably the most interesting place I had sex. Well, I, I had sex a bunch in a an aqua theme, like a water themed sex club that we have here, which like doesn't stick out to me as that interesting because I've fucked there so many times, but a lot of people do find it interesting. And then I also had sex one time in an alley behind a restaurant. <laughs> What about you? Any cool locations this year? Yeah, I mostly had sex in... I had sex in a hotel and in an Airbnb. Um, I had sex at my house, like, twice. I had sex at other dudes' houses. And uh, probably the most interesting stuff, I had sex at... Uh, <laughs> the job of the dude I was fucking... Uh, in the back room. And, uh, 
I had sex twice at camp, which were both foursomes. So that was great. Uh, it was my first time <laughs> I went to. An, yeah, it was my first time I went to like a kink specific event. I was at Dark Odyssey summer camp, uh, and mm-hmm. I had one foursome that we had kind of planned uh, prior to camp, and that was uh, on the last day. And then as I was getting ready to go to that, I met. I started talking to, like, two people, and then a third person came over, and we were all kind of talking, and the three of them kind of flirted with me, like, in tandem, and were all, like, (laughs) made a joke about how they were all into me, and I was like, um, but, like, we can do things about this. Like, (laughs) we are at a sex camp, and we have access to this. Yeah, like, this is... Mm -hmm we have this ability and they were like all right great so we exchanged information and like started planning something later and then two of them left and i made out with one of them for a while and that one spanked me and then he had to leave but another one was coming back so i sucked that person's dick for a little while and then he <laughs> left and then i left to go like shower and get ready for my other foursome so that i could come back and meet up with them later um <laughs> Yeah, so one of the foursomes wound up being in a barn that was converted into the dungeon for camp, and there was, like, a leather sex (laughs) sling that I got to play in that was so good. Um, And then uh, (laughs) the blowjob was just out on the field, so that's cool. (laughs) Like, it was, like... In possibly one of the highest traffic areas of camp. Like, it was in a major intersection. Yeah. And, like, that just happened to be where I was talking to that dude, and then his dick was out, so, like, I guess it was in my mouth. Um, And then, like, (laughs) after I finished sucking his dick, I kind of looked up, and then I had, like, a couple of people that I had met throughout camp were just kind of looking, and, like, they waved to me, and I was like, oh, hey, I guess I did that. Whoops. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And then we wound up in, like, a bed in, like, the orgy area later, um, which was, like, it was, like, a futon at camp, like, it was, a, or, like, a day bed. It was a pretty good setup, considering I was at camp. <laughs> they had a bunch of Liberator stuff, too. It was nice. <laughs> okay, so maybe the fact that you've had so much group sex this year complicates this question, but do you know how many partners you had this year? No, maybe. I tried to do the math on the subway home from work today. And (laughs) since those were two foursomes, that's six people right there. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, uh, I got fisted during the second foursome and went down on a vulva for the first time. So that was cool. Uh, Amazing. I was like, I was like getting fucked from behind and I was kind of like, uh, propped up on my arms and uh, on the bed and the person with the vulva was kind of sitting like next to me and she was just like mm-hmm. you know I feel like I should just be like here and like slid in front of me with like her legs between my arms so her vulva was like ve- like against my face and I was like I we doing this then <laughs> like <laughs> cool I guess this is where we're at <laughs> excellent decision <laughs> Um, it was very much just like, oh, so this is happening. Uh, but yeah, so that was like six people between those two, six people in one day. 
But outside of that, I think there were three or four other people. I think it brings I think it brings me up to like ten people this year. So six of those people are from the two foursomes. And then there's my partner, there's my fuck buddy, and then there was someone from out of town who I went on one date with and wound up hooking up with. Uh, so I think that's ten. Unless I'm forgetting anyone. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, my list is sort of weird this year because there are two people on it who I don't know if they count or not. Um, but I had sex with a total of 13 people this year. And the reason I don't know whether two of them count is because they were giving me an erotic massage that I had paid them for. Um, and it was like they were finger banging me which if I was doing that with a partner, I would consider that sex and I would do that. I would put it on the spreadsheet. But because it was within this like professional container, I struggle with whether or not to really include them in my tally and consider them people I've had sex with, you know, because like their clothes were on and like, you know, it was a professional environment. So I'm not sure. But I think I I personally would count it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, I do. If I hired a sex worker, I would count that. So right, I, right. Like, I get your right. complication, but I am on the yes, it belongs. It counts as sex count camp. Yeah, yeah. I think I actually put them on there because when it happened, I asked you if you thought I should, and you said yes. Oh, that so, sounds yeah, like me. They're on there. Yeah. Uh, and then a few of the people are like romantic type people, either present or past. And then there's like a couple of fuck buddy type folks and a few sort of one night stand type people. And then one like long time, totally platonic friend who I randomly had sex with in an alley one night and then did a porn shoot with. So it's been a bit <laughs> These of a things weird happen. year. <laughs> These yeah, things happen. You never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's talk about worsts and bests. This is always my favorite. I love when people just like ruthlessly roast bad sex they've had. It makes me laugh. <laughs> so whichever one you want to tell me first. Best sex of the year, worst sex of the year. Well, best sex of the year is easy. Um, mm-hmm. This year was cool because so... I've been doing DS stuff with my partner for about two years. Um, He's been my partner for going up on a year now. But we hadn't actually, because of distance and a bunch of other circumstances, we hadn't actually had sex in in person that wasn't sexting until this year. Mm -hmm. So the first time I saw him that we were actually able to have sex was in January, and then again in August. And best sex of the year is probably... Two different times in August. Um, the first time we had... Because January was, like, January was great, but also weird because my depression was, like, acting up, kind of, and there were a lot of feelings mm-hmm. involved and, like, poly things and, like, it, there was a lot of build-up yeah. for that and, like, all kinds of stuff going on. So, like, by August, we had kind of fell more into a groove and everything and, like, kind of knew how each other worked um and the first Mm -hmm. time we had sex in august he had me bent over the bed and i noticed our reflection in the in the window of the hotel Uh, and mm -hmm. yeah 
So naturally, I pointed it out to him, because we're really hot, and we looked really hot. Uh, so mm-hmm. he dragged me over uh, and bent me over in front of the mirror in the bathroom so we could both watch each other. And that was uh. great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but probably my personal like favorite for the year was on the last night I was seeing him. Uh, something had happened earlier in the day that had kind of pinged his jealousy stuff, which is not a thing that comes up often. Um, and we were laying in bed mm-hmm. and had kind of like talked through it and everything and got into a place where we were both feeling better. Like it wasn't super in depth, but it was just like, oh, look, a feeling. Um, <laughs> but then we kind of rolled that into our kink play. Like we were both laying in bed, but he pulled me on top of him so that my back was to his chest. And he used his own legs to hold my legs apart while he like reached around and was like playing with my cock and everything. And. Um, his face was, like, right up against my neck and ear, and was just telling me this whole story about how, like, he was gonna put me on display in front of all these people and hold me open like that while, like, they fuck me and he played with me, and that, like, all of these people can hit on you, and, like, all of these things that, like, and talking about, like, the thing that made him a little bit jealous and being like, but at the end, like, I own you and, like, all this, like, ownership stuff. And it was really, really hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then afterwards, uh, he wound up, like, moving, moving changing positions because then he fisted me and that would be a really awkward position to fist me in. Um, <laughs> and then, and it was... Like, my body was probably not ready to be fisted right then. It was not the first time I had been fisted. I had been fisted once earlier in the weekend. But I really wanted to, because I knew it was the last time I was going to get to play with him before I left. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, it was a really big ordeal for me to be able to take his fist, because my body was not super ready for it. And it was, like, really intense. And then I got, like, really, really good aftercare after, and, like, lots of cuddles and everything. And it was... Very good. Aww. Very, yes. That's nice. Yeah. You're like, aw, fisting and possessive dirty talk. Aw. Yeah. How sweet. That's the good shit. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. <laughs> okay, so my best sex of the year. I've been thinking a lot this year about how kind of like my bigger like meta kink that kind of like contains all of my smaller kinks is... um is like the idea of someone knowing all the buttons to push on me, um, like emotionally, psychologically, and physically, like it's like having a mastery over me. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, this is one of the reasons I'm not that into one night stands anymore is because you can't achieve that. And you can't even like, I can't pretend in my own fantasies while I'm having sex with those people that they've achieved that because just like physically, they haven't. Um, so I think always my favorite sex that I have is with people who know my body really well. So like this year I had like a a romantic partner who I had sex with like over 50 times in us dating for four months. Or like I have this fuck buddy who I've been banging all year who is a super babe and very attentive and like observant, which is important for me. Um, And then even like I had a date a few weeks ago with a Twitter crush and we spent like two days banging and even by the end of those two days he had like picked up some shit and like knew how to do the things and I was like oh this mm-hmm. is very good 
So that is always my favorite sex. God, I don't even have any good specific stories. It's just like, oh, I, I do actually now that I think about it. <laughs> um, this is a sort of more of an emotional mastery thing. But I remember like I was about to leave for this big trip. I was going to Woodhull, which is where you were just describing having sex with your partner. Um, and yes. I had had all these like big writing deadlines uh, right before that trip and like travel stress makes me stressed out anyway. So I was really overwhelmed, but then I got everything done. And then my reward was I got to have really good kinky sex with my partner at the time. And toward the end of that session, he was holding me by my hair with one hand and with his other hand, he was slapping me across the face over and over and over again and telling me, you were so good this week. You got everything done. I'm so proud of you. You're such a good girl. And this was like very sexy, but also on a deeper level, just like emotionally very needed for me at this moment. And I like burst into tears and it was like the best kink catharsis of my whole year. And kink catharsis is very important to me always, but that was like the best one of the year. Fuck, it was really good. <laughs> I love how both of our Let's stories talk worst are sex. like... I love how both of our best sex stories though are like... <laughs> are like really intense kink stuff that is also mm-hmm. just really sweet <laughs> like i know well that's the like good stuff that vanilla people will be like oh my god face slapping and fisting and and he was talking about how he owned you and like would just loan your body out to other people because it belonged to him <laughs> like oh my god and i'm like i know it was just so sweet <laughs> like just so nice <laughs> I know. Kink is so romantic sometimes. <laughs> Do you have a worse sex story, friend? I don't know uh, if I have, like, a specific story, but probably the most challenging sex I had was, like, all of the sex I had with cis dudes that weren't my partner this mm-hmm. year. <laughs> um, so... You know, most of the sex I had this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, the sex with my partner and the group scenes at camp really stand out as, like, the good sex I had this year. And everything else is just kind of a blur of dysphoria and disassociation, which is Mm -hmm. great. Um, And I've just really had a... So I never really had a particularly hard time being in my head about sex prior to this um Mm. but since coming out as trans and being more comfortable in my masculine identity and like all of that stuff i've been having a really hard time not feeling like completely dysphoric so yeah like i'm still in a place i've talked about this before i'm sure but i'm still in a place where uh i feel like when i'm naked i don't look trans in as much as you can look trans like i know that's not a real fucking thing Mm -hmm. um but i feel like when i'm naked i'm gonna most often be read as a cis woman and like the people i have sex with multiple people i have sex with since starting tea tell me that this is not the case um but i'm just not there yet Mm -hmm. uh so i wind up really 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 in my head in a way that i've never experienced before uh especially with cis guys uh Mm -hmm. in a way that i i didn't um i mean it happens a little bit with other queers and trans folks but it it feels a little bit safer there 
Um, but with with cis dudes, I like it's I am overwhelmingly in my head in a way that's like <laughs> I wind up being like, why did we even do this? Why was it like? Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Um, and that's really hard. But like with when I was at camp, I mean, I was having two different foursomes in a public space with a bunch of people watching me. There was a lot going on. There was not really time to be in my head. Uh, you know, I was getting the crap kicked out of me and, like, getting fucked by multiple people at once. That has a way of distracting you. Um, and then, uh, and, like, the first group sex was also with all trans folks, so. <laughs> Wonderful. Like, that was great. Um... And that was, like, really affirming and good. And it was so cute, because there were, like, two of them were tra other trans guys. Mm -hmm. And we just, like, while in the middle of fucking, we're also talking about our experiences with tea and how it changed our bodies. Um, <laughs> and it was just so pure and good. And, like, in the middle of, like, I was strapped into a leather sling getting, like with a line of people to fuck me. Like, it was not, like, this sweet, tender, like, <laughs> it was, from the outside, like, pretty kinky sex, and then we were just like, oh my god, so how did T, when did your voice start changing? Like, it was so, it was so cute. Um, and then, with my partner, like, A, I super trust him, and there's very few people who I feel as comfortable in my identity with as I do with him. Like, I know he 100% sees me in the way that I identify um, mm -hmm. and is really affirming, so that's really easy. And he is also just, like, mind-blowingly hot. Like, I just... He my is. brain... Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> like, just... Like, I, I look at him and I'm like, I can't form any coherent thoughts, especially when we're fucking. So, like... <laughs> I don't have to have dysphoric thoughts because yeah. he is just brain meltingly hot. <laughs> um, so that's convenient, I guess. <laughs> what about you? What's your worst sex this year? <laughs> it's so funny. Cause like literally Hopefully as I was, you'll have a funnier story than me. It's, <laughs> it's really depressing. not even like, okay. I want to say like, I am blessed in that all the sex I had this year was like enthusiastically consensual and, better than a lot of bad sex that's being had out there for sure um oh yeah but i i left this particular encounter and literally made a note on my phone where i was like i think that was a contender for worst sex of the year and it was like halfway through the year so i was pretty confident that that was <laughs> that was gonna be the case um but it was like it was less than a week after a really really devastating breakup and i kind of hopped on okcupid and tinder and started you know, looking for some hair of the dog, so to speak. And, uh, hair of the dick? Is that a thing I can say? <laughs> no. 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 Yeah, so I just really wanted... I mean, wanted... to be fair, most of your puns are things you can't say, and you go for it anyway. <laughs> so I assume that won't be edited out. No. But, you know, I just had to state my objection. All right, all right. Stated. It's like, it's like a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I went out on this date with this dude, um who it was just an ill-advised you know rebound hookup which i think sometimes they do serve a good function um and for me in this case what 
the like the function it served was I realized after that hookup like oh yeah sex isn't always amazing and like I don't need to be sad that I've just like lost access to sex with this person who just broke up with me because like you know sex is sometimes kind of overrated which is a bit of an oversimplification but it felt like a good lesson at that moment but so this date I went on this date with this dude it was terrible we talked for like two hours and he was just like not asking me anything about myself and I was asking him all this stuff about himself which is fun if the person is interesting uh not so much the case uh this time and um yeah but it was a weird thing because I was like physically attracted to him enough that I was like willing to go have sex with him after drinks but also was kind of like like uh, I, didn't I wanna, have like, way too much him. sex I have way too much sex with people that I look at and go, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> yeah. And also, like, he offered me weed, which I was like... And I know that that's consent complicated, but, like, I I felt trust trusting enough of him that I was like, okay, I feel like I could enjoy this sex if I was high. And I definitely think that it improved it, but it was not enough. Um, and it was one of these situations where he was like sort of half acidly trying to get me off, but not really so much paying attention to my signals and my feedback. And then when I didn't come, he like didn't really try to fix that. And then I tried to make him come and he was like not good with giving direction, which made me feel shitty. And um, I think what ended up happening was he like jerked off onto my face, which is fine. Um, and like, I I suppose, I I guess like it was fine, whatever, but I feel like we were both just like really lackluster on it. And, uh, I went home and I remember thinking like, oh, I don't, I wouldn't want to see that guy again. And I thought that he was on the same page. And then like a week later he started texting me again and being all flirty in a way that he hadn't even been on our date. I was like, where was this like charm and flirtation when we were out together? Like, it was like, he sensed that I had gone totally cold on him. and was trying to reel me back in, but it was just not going to happen. Cause like, I think sometimes like you have really bad sex with someone when it's your first time having sex with them and you can tell that it would get better because there's some kind of attitudinal compatibility or something. But this was just a situation where I was like, this would not get better. Like, and I don't, I don't want to try to make it better. So blech, yeah. not good. <laughs> so this, this was our year in review episode. Next week we're going to be doing sort of a setup for 2018. We're going to be talking about our sex goals for the year, looking back at some of the goals that we had set ourselves for this past year and talking about whether we met them or not, and then looking forward to 2018, talking about what kinds of sex do we want to have and and how do we want to improve our sex lives, which hopefully will be a little bit less depressing than talking about the worst sex that we had in 2017. <laughs> it, it really was like, for me, it was a good year for my vagina. It's just like, it's funny how like, uh, those few really bad encounters can really kind of drag down the tone of the year because <laughs> you're like, oh, that could happen again. No. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of The Dildorks. I hope that your 2017 was wonderful sexually and otherwise. Um, and I hope that your 2018 is... <laughs> let's, let's, let's be honest. No one's 2017 was wonderful. Uh... 2017 was a dumpster fire. Yeah. I mean, I hope that you... I mean, for me, personally, and in the world. Yeah. But, like... I hope your 2017 was passable. (laughs) I hope you had some good stuff to compensate for the shit. I really do. 
Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think, I think having a wonderful 2017 is just a lot, a lot to hope for. <laughs> mm, certain areas of my life were wonderful in 2017, and it feels almost weird to say that. Like, I feel like I should, you know, shut up and <laughs> suppress my my delirious excitement because uh, it doesn't match the tone of the world right now. But also, I think that we need to find our joy where we can find it. I think that's important. Yeah, I guess. I just, it's, it's, just, it's a bad year. It's just yeah. a bad year. It's just, I couldn't, thought it couldn't get worse after 2016, and then it did. <laughs> well, the world is going to shit, but we'll still be here to make you laugh, hopefully. <laughs> I'll try. Thank you for joining us this year and this week. Uh, I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net and the rest of my writing at katewritesaboutsex.com. I have a piece going up sometime this week, I think, on glamour.com about my sex spreadsheet and some of the things I learned from keeping a sex spreadsheet for a year. So that should be interesting. And then on the 31st, I'm putting up a piece on my blog called Sextistics, where I'm going to really drill down into some very detailed nerdy shit that I learned from my spreadsheets this year. So check that out. Where is your stuff at, friend? Uh, all of my writing is at bextalksex.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at bextalksex. Together, we're the Dildorks. We're at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram, and at thedildorks.com. You can find us by searching the Dildorks in your favorite podcast app, and while you're there, rate and review us. It makes us easier for other sex nerds to find going into 2018. Tweet at us this week and let us know what your best sex of 2017 was. That's at the Dildorks on Twitter. I want to remind you that we're going to be at the Playground Conference in February 2018. That's going to be a fun way to uh, kick off the beginning of your year there. A whole bunch of sex nerds in a hotel together talking about sex nerdy stuff, and we're doing a live Dildorks recording. So come to that. You can check out all the info about that at playgroundconf.com. That's playgroundconf.com, and we would love to see you there. I'm also going to be teaching a number of workshops there, so you can come check me out at that. I'm so excited to hear you talk about advanced level blowjobs. It's going to be rad. <laughs> I'm going to learn so many things. <laughs> so many blowjob things. <laughs> Thank you, as always, to Protodome for the use of our theme song, I Want You in My Bedroom, off his album Chip Funk. And our logo was done by the wonderful Amy, who is at Starboots underscore on Twitter, and you should commission her for all of the art things. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye! My watch just accidentally turned on the voice search command thing and definitely (laughs) just Googled. So he had me bent over the bed and was fucking me and (laughs) like that's what my watch just heard (laughs) and responded, I'm sorry, I can't do that right now. (laughs) Watch your mouth. I just needed a moment. Okay.